You're listening to Witch Wednesdays, your weekly podcast source for all things witchcraft in the modern world. Welcome back to Witch Wednesdays. I'm Steph, and you are listening to Love Magic. This is a topic, well, first of all, appropriate for the month of February, uh, a lot of love energy during this month, um, whether that is self-love, romantic love, friendship, whatever it is, this is the month for it. So February seemed like a good time for this episode that has been pretty highly requested because love magic can sometimes get a bad rap. And I get a lot of questions like, is love magic black magic? And there's just we, we're going to get into that later in this episode because there's so much to unpack in that sentence that I hate. So we will definitely get into that. But first, let's start, of course, with history. So as we all know, spells, spellcasting has been around for centuries. The very first documented spells date back to the 5th century BCE in ancient Mesopotamia, where they were chiseled into stone, um, various incantations, featuring a lot of magical topics, including love. In those times, love spells were much more extreme, violent, and macabre than they are today, and magical practitioners back then aimed to bind people to their desired outcome. The majority of love spells were recorded in Greco-Roman Egypt, where there were two distinct types that were performed. So, The first is philia, P-H-I-L-I-A, and that is for healing partnerships with affection. And eros, E-R-O-S, which was for sexual conquest and domination. Of the two types of love spells, it was more common at the time for women to perform the philia spells to inspire, you know, affection from their husbands. And they would use love spells in you know, jewelry, magical necklaces and rings, uh, brews, salves, things like that, with the aim being to heal any sort of anger in the relationship and build admiration from their partners. On the other hand, men primarily practice Eros love spells in order to provoke lust in the objects of their desire. So whereas the Philia spells were more healing in nature, Eros love spells at the time were much more similar to curses. The practitioner would bind images, use animals as sacrifice, um, burn items, all with the hope of dominating their conquest. The victims were often of a young age and often still living at home with their parents, and the desired goal of the arrow spell was basically to attack prey with pain and anguish until they left their home and settled into a life with whoever was casting the spell, therefore binding them together. In medieval England, love potions were created from the internal organs of animals, nice, and sweetened with um, blood and wine. So, yuck. (laughs) Records also show that some spells called for the practitioner's body hair and fingernails to be crushed into powders to be added to the beverages for their target to drink. So this is absolutely where we get a lot of 
negative connotations about love magic and negative connotations about witchcraft in general and people outside of the practice thinking that all witches use their hair and fingernails and all this gross stuff that to get other people to eat and drink. That is directly where that misconception comes from. Less grotesque <laughs> um, types of practice at the time, uh, including included apples that were used for love prophecies. We have talked about that on the podcast before in one of these Sabbath episodes that you can use the peel of an apple uh, to throw over your shoulder and it should spell out the first initial of the person that you're going to love. So there were different variations of love magic throughout all of these times, some more gross than others. But by the Renaissance period, love spells became primarily used as a mean to obtain marriage because marriage by that time had become the social norm and it was established by the class system. So love magic was used by those in less fortunate positions to gain the admiration of a higher status and quote unquote marry up. And it's interesting to note that love spells directly led to the witch trials. Love spells were continuously linked to femininity and even though there is this history of both sexes having cast love spells, it grew to be mostly prostitutes that were associated with love magic because of the art of seduction that held such power. And it's directly from that fear of women's sexuality that ultimately led to the witch trials. It's also argued by historians, though, that love spells were predominantly cast by men um, in an attempt to gain the admiration of women who were out of their league. But regardless... A lot of those ancient love spells were mainly built on power and control. So from that, we get directly into the ethics of love magic today and what that means today. So let's dive into that discussion. And this is definitely a discussion, a topic that has a lot of opinions on it and is open to interpretation. So if you want to share how you feel about love magic and love spells, then absolutely head over to Instagram, let me know on YouTube comments, whatever it is, or head over to the Discord server. Uh, we talk about the podcast episodes every week and the Discord is free to join. Uh, so definitely head over there and let me know how you feel about love magic. But this next section is going to be entirely what I believe. So take it or leave it. So the question that I get all the time is, is love magic black magic? And I have talked about this before. We had an episode the very first season about ethics and magic, and I hate the terms black and white magic because it, first of all, connotates that white is good, inherently good, and black is inherently bad and evil, which I don't like those connotations at all. And also that I don't believe that anything is strictly black or white magic. I think everything is shades of gray. And you can go back to that episode for specific examples, but I know one that I talked about is the idea of casting a spell to help you get a job. Because you, from your perspective, that might be totally on the up and up, what someone would consider white magic, um, that it's just all good things. You're just asking for good luck and a little boost in helping you get that job. But you have to look at it from all sides and realize that by you getting that job, you're directly taking it away from somebody else. So that other person 
who may have needed the job more than you for whatever reason isn't going to get it because you did that spell. And then suddenly it's not so black and white anymore. It's not just white magic, but it's not also inherently negative. There's shades of gray to everything. And love magic definitely falls within that same realm, that there are shades of gray. There are many different types of love magic too. So when somebody asks that question, my response is always, well, what kind of spell are you talking about? Because there are a lot of different forms of love. So first of all, there is self-love. And it's really hard to say that any sort of self-love spell is going to be bad or evil or black magic because all you're doing is casting a spell to see the best sides of yourself, to bring out your best features, to treat yourself with more kindness and talk to yourself better. All of those things are self-love. And there are a lot of great self-love spells out there. Um, I'm going to be having various different love spells, self-love included, over on Patreon this month, over on YouTube this month. So sharing lots of different options. Self-love is definitely among them. So there's really nothing about any of the self-love practices that I do that I would consider um, anything negative. They're all positive. They're all about bettering myself and treating myself better with more kindness. So I think those are all good things. There are also spells for friendship and there are various ways that you could do those types of spells. You can do a spell to make yourself more confident, to make yourself more visible, to change your attitude, to to, uh, attract the right kind of people. Those are various different ways that you are practicing the magic on yourself to get your desired outcome rather than practicing it on someone else. And then there are also traditional romantic love spells. And again, you can practice those on yourself where you are doing spells to make yourself more confident, more desirable, speak with a kinder tone to make your husband love you more, um, to change your attitude so you're not nagging at home to get the, you know, more love from your husband and children to just overall make you a kinder, more attractive person. And then on the other hand, there definitely are spells that in both, you know, friendship and in romantic type loves where you are trying to manipulate the other person. And that's where it really gets into the more negative black magic side. In those spells, you are usually directly targeting someone else. You have a specific person in mind that you are trying to influence their actions. You are trying to bind them to you like the old Eros spells that were practiced thousands of years ago. And that's really when you get into dangerous territory because that is very manipulative magic. And a lot of witches have problems with manipulative magic because you are then messing with someone else's free will. Those are the types of spells that most Wiccans would not be willing to undertake because that would violate their Wiccan read. And there are a lot of witches who don't follow any religion, specifically don't follow Wicca, that would also not be comfortable with that because they do not want to 
first of all, mess with somebody's free will. It just goes against their moral code, but also that they feel like that's putting out more negativity into the universe that could eventually come back to you. And why would you want to do a more negative spell when you can think of something more positive instead to get the same desired outcome? Ultimately, it comes down to you. So I did a um, episode, if you haven't heard it yet, I record sometimes with uh, Fauna over at Cat's Tea and Witchcraft, her podcast. She has been a guest here before, you've heard from her. But I also record some episodes with her for her podcast. And one of the ones that we did was whether or not there are any rules in witchcraft. And I come down firmly on the side that there really are no rules in witchcraft because there aren't. There aren't any written down someplace that every witch has to follow It's not like there's a Bible or Quran that people are following when they practice witchcraft. It is just completely on your own. So you make your own rules. So there really are no rules that say that you cannot practice manipulative love magic, that you cannot create and do a spell targeting a specific crush and making them fall in love with you and be loyal only to you for the rest of your life you absolutely could do a spell that says that there are no rules against that. You might get some bad negative juju coming back from you to you from the universe. It's entirely possible, but you, it's up to you to decide whether that's worth it and, and put in the energy that something like that requires. Most people don't want to do that. But that is where that idea of is love magic, black magic comes from. Those types of spells would be considered more baneful magic. They're definitely on the end of manipulating somebody else. In my own personal practice, I do not manipulate other people in that way. I don't try to, you know, convince them that I am a wonderful person. I do spells to convince myself that I'm a wonderful person and they've worked very well because I'm a very confident person. (laughs) But I make myself I do the spells myself to project whatever it is that I want to. And if that doesn't resonate with everyone else and not everybody else loves me, I'm totally okay with that because I am not for everyone. So there are things that you can do instead of a manipulative love spell. You can, like I said, do a spell for confidence for yourself. You can do just a general spell, you know, during this time of month, it's, high love energy that's going around to cast a spell for opportunities to meet and communicate because that's very difficult in the current climate that we live in. There's just not opportunities for for getting out there and meeting people. You can cast a spell on yourself for clear communication. So if you are doing, you know, online dating or meeting friends through meetup that you are clearly communicating and they are understanding your intentions and what you're looking for. That can be very helpful in finding the right person. You can do love attraction spells in general, which is very different than targeting a specific person. You can do a spell on yourself to attract love to you, to be the kind of person that attracts love in general and just surround yourself with loving energy, with love imagery, so that love will be attracted to you. But again, you're not targeting a specific person to come and love you. It's just love in general. 
And then of course you can do self-love. And I feel like that, that helps on all levels because if you love yourself, more people are likely to love you as well. So there are still a lot of different options. So I am not against love magic. I am not against love magic when it involves other people either because there are certain spells to just um, increase the love within a relationship that I will do with my husband. That it's specifically, um, I think I have on Patreon up this month, um, a version of wine and a version of version of hot chocolate as love potions. But I absolutely let him know that that is my intention when he's drinking it. I don't put any body parts or anything in it, but um, I do infuse it with magic and intention. And I let him know before he drinks it that, hey, this is what we're doing. And it's going to make us love each other even more. <laughs> and he's totally on board with that. He's, he is fine with it. He um, goes back and forth about whether or not he believes in it, that he thinks that it works or not. But um, he's totally on board with drinking it and all of my, what he calls, you know, silly ideas. He's totally on board for um, so different ways that you can incorporate that and the different ways that I incorporate it myself. I wouldn't, um, in the realm of love magic, do something to manipulate somebody else where I am trying to bind them to me or get them to like me for whatever reason. But that's not to say I wouldn't do any type of spell to manipulate someone else. I think that, not I think, I would and I have done spells to manipulate someone else when they have dangerous, aggressive, or just downright awful behavior, I do do spells to manipulate them to stop that or to get out of my life so I don't have to deal with that. Um, so those would be considered manipulative magic. But when it comes to this area of love and friendship, I don't really have a desire to manip manipulate somebody else in that way. I think there can be negative consequences from that. So not something that I want to dabble in, but I am personally of the live and let live philosophy. So if, you know, spells like that work for you and you aren't getting the negative backlash from that and you want to keep doing them, I'm not telling you not to. That's not who I am or what I do. So if you want to continue to discuss this and continue to um, chat back and forth. There are a lot of opinions on this topic and they are all valid. So head over to Discord and continue the discussion there. I was trying to remember to check in so I can keep chatting with you too. Now, let's get away from that and talk about different things related to love magic. So first of all, let's talk about the different types of love and then get into some correspondences. But first we have a message from a sponsor. I want to take just a minute to thank today's sponsor, who I am sure you know, Anna Luisa. Anna Luisa, which is spelled A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A, is a jewelry company that offers high quality pieces at affordable prices starting at just $39. And right now they are having a sale in time for Valentine's Day. So you can get 40% off of the already great prices by using my link, shop.analuisa.com slash witchwednesdays, which I will have in the show notes and over at witchwednesdays.com. I know you've heard of them before because so many witches that I know have their pieces. That's how I first heard about the company. Possibly it is because the company is carbon neutral from packaging to products, which is great for a witch to support that type of business because we are so connected to nature. So that is a very important aspect but probably also because enchanting jewelry is one of the simplest yet most effective forms of practice, which is great for 
which is both in and out of the broom closet because nobody has to know that you have magically enchanted your jewelry that you're wearing with any sort of specific intention. I picked out a beautiful gold wavy ring from Ana Luisa and enchanted it with protection properties and I've worn it every single day since I have gotten it. I have a Patreon post all about this if you're curious to see exactly how it's done and also see the ring in action in video format. You can also head over to my Instagram at Which Wednesdays Podcast to see exactly which other pieces I picked and what the craftsmanship looks like. I have two necklaces and a bracelet to show off. So if you want to go check out Ana Luisa Jewelry with new collections being released every Friday, I will have the link in the show notes and over at whichwednesdays.com. And don't forget that you can also get 40% off by using the link that I will provide in the show notes and over at whichwednesdays.com. Back to the episode. So this types of love section is just for fun. It's a little bit history, a little bit vocabulary. Um, I think the names for this different kind of love is just really fun and it could be a great way to incorporate it into your spell work when you're looking for something very specific. You can use one of these terminologies and use the letters from it to create a sigil. Um, I just think it's something fun to touch on. And as always, I am going in alphabetical order because I don't know any other way to live. So agape refers to spiritual and unconditional love that is selfless in nature and expressed towards everyone. It is also connected to the love felt through compassion and forgiveness. Eros is erotic love sparked by primal desire. But like a spark, it can burn out quickly unless the flame is stoked with other aspects of love. Ludos is a playful type of love. It is most associated with admiration that leads to innocent teasing, laughter, and warm feelings that is like the crush stage of a new romance. Mania is a dangerous type of love, I don't even think I have to explain this one, that defines toxic relationships prone to codependency, jealousy, and violence. So a lot of negative actions related to low self-esteem in here, and I think I'm going to save it for the end, but this is exactly the type of love area that I would put twin flame relationships in. And I know that everybody wants me to talk about twin flames in this episode, so I'm going to, just not yet. Philautia refers to love and care of the self. So it is your personal relationship with your needs and self-esteem and confidence. So even though it's focused on the self, it has that direct effect on how you interact with others. Philia is the love developed through deep-rooted friendship and affection. Pragma is a mature love established through long-standing relationships built on commitment, communication, compromise, patience. Storge is the love felt between family members. However, it is not uncommon to see this same kind of love between friends, coworkers, mentors, and even pets. It's a type of loving bond that is established through familiarity and fondness that is developed over time. And I think this is more common in today's society being more, you know, friends and pets than it is strictly family just because of how we operate in today's society. We really treat our friends and pets as they are family. So thought that was just a fun, you know, little thing to touch on on there. 
And then, of course, you know, I cannot leave an episode without correspondences. So let's start with days of the week. Monday, which is ruled by the moon, is associated with intuition and femininity. Tuesday, ruled by Mars, is related to passion and sex. So Tuesdays are the best day for love spells related to those. Wednesday is ruled by Mercury, the planet of communication. So that is a great day to do spells to enhance communication in relationships. Thursday is ruled by Jupiter, the day of expansion, abundance, and luck. Friday is ruled by Venus. So that is an all-around good love day in general. Um, it's also connected to Aphrodite, um, and it is named after the Norse goddess of love, Freya. So, so lots of love energy on Fridays. Saturday is ruled by Saturn, a good day to clear negativity and break any ties with toxic or unwanted love. And Sunday is ruled by the sun, which is a great day for overall success and wishes regarding love. Next up is moon phases. The new moon is ideal for planting the seed of love to do spells to open the door to finding new love and opportunities. The waxing moon, which is between the new and full moon, is the time to attract things and situations and generally getting specific about the type of love that you're looking for. The full moon is obviously when the lunar essence is at its peak. So it's a great time to reflect and enjoy, rejoice in your magical endeavors of the month. The waning moon, which is between the full and new moon, is a time to release and let go of what is no longer serving you. And time to practice gratitude for any of the spell work that you had done that has been. But of course, you don't have to wait and align your spells to perfectly line up with the moon phases or day of the week. Uh, it's just a suggestion to, you know, try out what works best for you. Next up is the deities of love. So we have Aphrodite in the Greek t- tradition and Venus in the Roman tradition who are associated with love, passion, desire, and beauty. We have Serunos in the Celtic tradition, which is fertility, sex, and lust. In Dionysus in the Greek tradition, who I think is like one of everybody's favorite deities. Um, And he is for marriage, ecstasy, and madness. We have Eros in the Greek tradition and Cupid in the Roman tradition for love, passion, and desire. We have Freya in the Norse tradition for love, beauty, and war. We have Hathor in the Egyptian tradition for love and fertility. We have Hera in Greek and Juno in Roman for love and marriage. We have Inanna in Sumerian, Ishtar in Babylonian, and Astarte in Phoenician for love, war, sex, and beauty. We have Isis in the Egyptian tradition for eternal love. We have Lilith from the Sumerian or Hebrew traditions for lust, sex, self-love, equality, and divorce. And I have to say that Lilith is one of my favorites, like all-time favorites to read about. And mother of demons, she's just great. We have Ocean in Yoruban for love, passion, and sensuality. We have Osiris in the Egyptian tradition for eternal love. Pan in Greek for lust and sex. 
We have tuer shen in Chinese for homosexual love. And we have ye maya in the urban tradition for love, fertility, and sensuality. And then we have the colors. I don't think any of these will surprise you because they are very similar to the colors in general as they associate to witchcraft. So red is for romantic love and lust, sexuality. Pink is for self-love, compassion, emotional healing. Orange is confidence and creativity. Yellow is for friendship and happiness. Green is for fertility and prosperity. Blue is for peace, communication, and fidelity. Purple is for spirituality, wisdom, soulmates. Black is for banishing, endings, and protection. Brown is grounding, happy home, stability. And white is for serenity, peace, and uh, the general all-purpose color. So as for plants and herbs, there are so many. So this is a category where I'm going to name a few of my favorites that I like regularly work with. But again, I think this is something that you should get an herbal correspondence book and figure out exactly what your specific intention is related to your love magic and find um, a good fit for that. But some of the most common and easiest to find, easiest to work with, apple, which is for knowledge and wisdom in love. Basil is for good fortune and familial love. Carnation attracts loving friendships. Chocolate simulates excitement and attracts love. Cinnamon is used to promote luck in love and enhance sexuality. Clove attracts love and self-confidence. And ginger is the same. Attracts love and promotes confidence within that love. Lavender promotes calming and tranquil love. Lily is a powerful flower for lust, and it can also be used to end relationships. Orchids are for self-love and independence. Patchouli is supposed to stimulate attractiveness, but this is one of those ones that I'm not a fan of patchouli. It just smells like dirt to me, and I would not have that association with it, which is why you know, I like to say it's important to try things out for yourself and decide your your own rules and correspondences for yourself because you might be like me where patchouli would absolutely not stimulate attractiveness for you. Rose, of course, is the classic flower for all shades of love and someplace that you can also incorporate that color magic to match the rose color to the color correspondences we just talked about. Strawberries are for good fortune in love and fertility. Vanilla can be used to sweeten love and it can also be used to stimulate lust. So again, there are many more that I didn't cover. So if this is something that you're very interested in, a herbal correspondences book might be for you. And lastly, we have crystals. And again, I'm only going to do the most popular ones and easiest to sort of get your hands on, most useful in your collection to be used also for other things. But if crystals really speak to you, then you might want to get a crystal book to find out even more. So amethyst is for making wise decisions when it comes to matters of love. Carnelian is for confidence and sexual desire. Diamonds are very popular, obviously, for engagement rings, wedding bands. They are a source of purity and strength in love. Jade is sort of all-encompassing love stone um, that supports fidelity. Malachite encourages healthy, loving relationships. Moonstone brings new beginnings and good fortune in love. 
Rhodochrosite helps draw true love to you while healing from past wounds, not making the same mistakes. So it's also a great stone for self-love and happiness. Rose quartz is the classic love crystal, also good for compassion and affection. Ruby increases and intensifies love and sexual relationships. And topaz attracts genuine love and provides good fortune in all matters of the heart. Now then, the last thing that I want to do, talk about, I don't even know that I want to talk about. I feel like this could be an entire episode on its own, but that is the idea of twin flames. And that has become such a popular term, a popular idea, especially because that is the terminology that Megan Fox um, used with Machine Gun Kelly to describe their relationship as twin flames. But should tell you everything I'm about to tell you to know that he picked out a ring for her that has like thorns on it to make it hurt when you take it off. And that tells you everything you need to know about twin flames. In my opinion, in my opinion, I'm very opinionated in this episode. So feel free to, you know, jump on me on discord again and, and chat with me about this. If you disagree, if you've never heard of a twin flame before, a twin flame is an intense soul connection with somebody thought to be a person's other half or sometimes called a mere soul. So it's based on the idea that one soul gets split into two bodies. So one of the main characteristics of a twin flame relationship is that it's both challenging and healing because that because of that mirroring nature of a twin flame. They show you your deepest insecurities, fears, shadows, um, but they're supposed to also help you overcome them and vice versa. They're equally affected by you. So they are very, they're said to be very rare. So for how many people are complain, are saying that they have found their twin flame and their a twin flame relationship just does not seem right um, mathematically that there could be that many. But I, I don't, <laughs> I don't like the idea of twin flames at all. I think twin flames are justification for some toxic ass behavior and codependency. And I don't know why you would want to tie your identity to another person at all. Um, I love my husband, but I, I am a whole ass person without him. That's, I have always, always said that, that, you know, there are parts of him that he's not, you know, my exact opposite, but there are parts of him that I appreciate because I don't have those qualities but just because I don't have them and then I appreciate when he steps up and offers those things doesn't mean that I am not a complete person all by myself. I am. So I have no desire to tie my identity to him or anybody else. I also think that, yeah, they're just generally toxic. Any time that I've heard somebody talking about their twin flame relationship, it implodes badly. Uh, they are supposed to be these really intense relationships and that are incredibly challenging, and that's true. But I think people use this term twin flame to justify really toxic patterns and toxic relationships and to justify what the other person is doing. And you are just caught in this trap that is so hard to get out of because you have labeled it twin flame, that this person is your soulmate, no matter how awful they are, how badly you treat each other, you just have to keep coming back together and you can't leave them because they're your, your soulmate and you've tied your entire identity up in this. So you can't leave them because you won't be a whole person without them. And I just hate 
everything about that. I hate everything about Twin Flames. And I, in general, if you look into Twin Flames and the whole science and history, there are a bunch of stages that you have to reach. There's like, you know, stage one, stage two of like these Twin Flame stages. And I don't like anything, even outside the realm of witchcraft, that has stages like that. Um, there's always been something about it that bothers me, that there's like these checkpoints, stages you have to reach, and it reminds me of Scientology. And I'm just not a fan. And this that's one of those things. There are like the, the whole list. I, I can link something to show you it, the whole list in the show notes um, if you're curious. But I... I'm opening myself up to commentary about this, I know, but I have not met anybody that has had a successful, healthy twin flame, twin flame relationship or ended in a positive way. Most of them are either they crashed and burned and the person was finally able to get out of it and do the emotional healing that they or they're still doing the emotional healing that they need to and got away from that situation. And they will say that, oh, that was not my twin flame um, or they're still going on and it's just really a toxic environment for everybody involved. Um, I, I honestly have never heard from anybody outside of those two scenarios. So if you are one and you really think your person is your, your twin flame and your exact mirrored image in another person and you're perfect for each other, then feel free to let me know because I can always be wrong. I can always, (laughs) I can always be taught something new, but I don't think I'm wrong about this. Um, but that is my interpretation and opinion on twin flames. It's always associated with toxic behavior for me. So uh, that that's my stance on it. <laughs> and if you want more information, I will definitely link it because there's probably other people out there that are talking about this in a more positive light. And maybe you would resonate better with one of those people. So I will try to offer up whatever links that I can find so you can get more information about that. But I feel like it had to be talked about in the love magic episode because the the, um, questions I get about those two things tend to go hand in hand. I usually get a love magic in general question related to twin flame question and, you know, doing spell work to find my twin flame and draw my twin flame to me. Like, don't, I don't think you want to, don't do it. So that's my answer. But I think that's everything that I wanted to share on uh, love magic. Again, a highly opinionated episode, few facts thrown in there, a few correspondences, but otherwise just tons of opinions being thrown around. So if you would like to continue the discussion, then you know all of the places to do that. And I hope that you have a very positive February. If that is completely related to self-love, then I fully encourage that. I love February to be a self-love month. Um, I think that's beautiful. So if that's going to be you, definitely let me know that in the comments too. And otherwise, I will see you next week. And that is everything I have for you this week. Don't forget to check out Anna Louisa Jewelry using the link in the show notes. That is shop.analuisa.com slash Witch Wednesdays. And when you use that link, you get 40% off. So best time to take advantage of that special deal and sale. And I will see you next week. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So... 
You want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall, rock-climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Need even more? Subscribe to Patreon and YouTube for exclusive bonus content. Order a themed witchcraft box every month through Witch Wednesdays on Etsy. Be sure to follow on Instagram at Witch Wednesdays Podcast. Find all these links and more at witchwednesdays.com.